Paul says in Titus, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. And that's, that's kind of what we're after in our own souls. And then as we have children, God now doesn't say, all right, you're in charge of discipling them when they become Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, no, from the beginning, we are the primary means to develop them, to, to train them in, in that, in righteousness. So Amen. we love our kids um, and we love Christ. And so we want to see Christ dwell in them richly mm-hmm. as much as in our own souls. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles. And we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. Uh, my name is Matt Grun, uh, pastoral resident at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined, as always, with uh, Caleb Dernberger and Ryan Chase, uh, pastoral resident and pastor at Emmaus Road Church. Um, and before we begin, um, I just wanted to highlight a few things. You probably, you know, we're not that high tech, so you can't see us because we don't have <laughs> we don't have cameras set Yet. up. We're not that cool, um, but we do have some upgrades to our microphones, <laughs> um, which is Amazing. Uh, just want to take a second and just thank everybody for the, in, the the feedback we've received just in these few weeks. What is this, like mm-hmm. our seventh or eighth episode? Which is just, yeah. it's crazy how fast this season's go and how you start some and all of a sudden you're eight to ten weeks in. Plotting along. That's right. How and long is a season, by the way? I was just thinking about that this morning. That's when, are we, when are we saying, all right, now we're on to season <laughs> four? No sense. I, I, okay. Anyway, they, we're just really, we've all received really encouraging feedback from... Uh, from you guys, from from people in our church that have mm-hmm. have just expressed that this podcast seems to be a good media for, especially you know people driving in their vans or moms making breakfast, and and that's that's awesome because we're not trying to be another voice in in the world. We're not just trying to be content makers. We we want to serve the people mm-hmm. of Emmaus Road Church. And, yeah. Um, and to that end, an expression of that has been somebody has donated three sweet mics and so if we sound a little sweeter it's not us <laughs> it's, we're sounding much sure oh wow okay yeah so again want to thank thank you guys so much for for listening ultimately and you know we're not gonna we're never gonna be the fancy nancy you know podcast with the studio and the camera um i hope not uh but we we are hoping to to just be a to help the gospel spread a, a little bit further yes and that's our aim so uh, and also thank you boys for, you know, this is a sacrifice to sit down and thank mm. for you guys and your wisdom. It's a joy. Yes. So, okay. So diving in. Enough of that. Uh, this episode, the topic is uh, MC Kids or our kids curriculum and how we aim to educate the children in our church. And ours, like most things, is probably a little different than <laughs> the churches we all grew up in mm-hmm. or the modern cultural um you know, the way that it's typically done. So I wanted to give this episode a chance for us to kind of inform and kind of fill out why the what and why of MC Kids. Um, so, Ryan, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were kicking around, when, when I moved here and, you know, you guys, the elders tasked me with um, coming up with a kids 
program, if you will, um, we just started thinking about it and thinking about how, what's the best way and what serves our parents the best and what also serves our the function of our church the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a lot of time thinking, you know, typically this is done on Sunday mornings. How do we do that on Sunday mornings? Um, but then you pitched the idea of what if we just, what if we used our missional communities as a delivery system for our kids' curriculum? So, mm-hmm. which is the route we've taken, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic idea, and I, I think it's awesome for a lot of reasons that we're going to spell out. But what led you to that conclusion? What what were those things that prompted in your head, hey, maybe we should do it this way? Yeah. But there are several factors that have kind of come together to that idea. Um, part of it is just the the practicality of it. And then there's also, um, you know, there are some theological convictions that we have. So the, a bit of the history, uh, I think it was around the time of COVID when, you know, prior to that, we were doing um, a, a kid's time on Sunday mornings during the service. Mm-hmm. We had a team of volunteers who ran that and would teach through great curriculum. We, we have access to through Marty Machowski, who's a Sovereign Grace pastor out at Covenant Fellowship outside of uh, Philadelphia, has written phenomenal curriculum for kids that just walks through the story of scripture from beginning to end. So that's what we were using. And that went well. Um, and then for various reasons, you know, just the manpower that it takes to totally. run something like that, the volunteer yeah. base that you need, the space, um, the space that, you need. that you need. Yeah. So, you know, one of the challenges we would run into is it, all of the volunteers serving in that area were parents themselves. Right. And so then if a family had a new baby coming, those parents would have to drop off the schedule, understandably. Pause. I can't. Nobody can see this but me, but I, these new stands, hey. I'm just looking right through the stand at Ryan's eyes, and he's got this, like, Batman goggles on. <laughs> I, just, I can't take, even see I him. am taking you totally seriously, just so you know. He's just if I start to my left. I'm so sorry. But, again, if you if someday we have videos, you'll understand. But Sorry, yeah. continue. Now everybody's trying to picture what I look like. Oh, well. Not... It's a great sweater you're on. Yeah, I'm wearing, too. So. A lot of cable, man. Where were we? So, you know, the, the manpower. Then uh, COVID, yeah. we took a break for several weeks when we were doing live stream. We came back from that when we started gathering in person again, and we were not doing um, kids stuff during the service at that time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few different times we talked about trying to kick that off again, and it was just a matter of volunteer base and not having enough people to make that feasible where you have to have enough people on the rotation so that you're not burning people out and there's not resting on just a couple people serving every week back there and missing Mm -hmm. the corporate gathering, Mm -hmm. the the time of preaching, that kind of thing. So those were some of the the practical things. Um, But from a theological perspective, I think, you know, we have really enjoyed having kids with us in corporate worship Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. Yeah. Obviously, there are questions that come up. Do they understand everything? Do they get everything out of it? Certainly not. Right. Um, but who among us does walk <laughs> away from any church gathering thinking, I got everything? Yeah, I'm spot on. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, you know, th- th- they will get what they get at, at that age. But really, um, one of the most significant things they get is in experience where they are observing mm-hmm. their parents their parents' friends, uh, their grandparents worshiping the Lord, delighting in God. And, yeah. and kids pick up on that. They can tell what it feels like. So anyway, kids get excited. the backstory. Kids get excited about what we're excited about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we're excited about the Sunday gathering, they'll, they'll, they'll pick up on that stuff. Right. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. So 
um, you know, we value having kids with us in corporate worship. But another conviction that we have is we do value uh, intentional theological instruction and education mm-hmm. for kids. Yes. That is something that we've been commanded to do as parents, first and foremost. Right. We have commands in Scripture like in Ephesians 6, Paul tells fathers specifically, fathers, uh, bring up your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, the Greek word there is paideia, which it could be translated the enculturation of the Lord, mm-hmm. meaning you're not just teaching them some tidbits about God here and there, you are enculturating them into the community of faith and into um, you know the truth about God, the story of redemption and what it means for all of life. So parents have an obligation to teach their kids. We want kids to grow up knowing God's word, knowing the big picture story of scripture from beginning to end. Uh, so that's where, you know, when you were coming back from the pastor's college, we thought, this would be great to just give this task to Matt. Uh, we were thinking at the time, let's try to do this on Sunday mornings before the worship gathering so that yeah. kids can still be with us in the gathering because we value that. Uh, but we do want to make specific time available for kids to have this kind of theological, biblical teaching and instruction. And then we just ran into other practical constraints. Like we don't have very many classrooms in the yeah. building that we're in. We mm-hmm. thought, well, maybe we could use some classrooms over at Sioux Falls Christian on Sunday mornings before the service. And the school said, no, we'd like you to stay over there at the <laughs> chapel and not have people over in the school building. And so that was kind of off the table. Right. Um, you know, then as our congregation has grown and we were looking at the possibility of what if we keep growing and we have to do two services, that would totally create other space constraints. So all of those things kind of factor into this, still asking the question, how can we best hmm. equip mm-hmm. and resource parents right. to teach and train and disciple their kids and you know get this curriculum out to kids? So missional community seems like a natural point where then you're not adding an extra you know Sunday school hour to the week, right. come earlier or come back later Sunday night or come mm-hmm. on a different day, but people are already in MCs with their kids, families are participating in that. Here they are gathered together in a fairly decentralized way. Right. Um, you know, a, a Sunday school kind of format you're going to get only the families that can make it at that time. That's right. And to a lot of families, uh, it's just difficult to get all the kids out the door, <laughs> and especially if that's another event to go to. So yes. you're already at MC, and we thought, what if we just take advantage of that yeah. and use that as um, you know, the, the context mm-hmm. where we teach some of these, mm-hmm. these things? And I think that just accomplishes... I mean, that what you said is just, I think, a, a primary foundational conviction that we have is that the, the nurture and admission of the Lord, the command that God has given, is not necessarily first and foremost to the church, mm-hmm. but to parents, and right. particularly fathers. Mm-hmm. And so we are not trying... I think if we were to take them out of the Sunday service, mm-hmm. or even to do it before the Sunday service, we are in a sense kind of, you know, not that, and not that this is the chief motivation, but it can have an effect of separating parents my responsibility to to raise my kids and their admonition of the Lord to, yeah. well, the pastors will do it, or the other volunteers will do it, or or, or so forth. Mm-hmm. But by moving it more towards, you know, we haven't lost the conviction that we as the church have a role in that. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We want to support parents with curriculum, with whatever whatever structure we can help. But ultimately, the, the aim is for parents to grow mm-hmm. as they teach their kids and all moving together, mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that not all parents are on the same, you know, it's on a continuum of their yeah. own spiritual yeah. development. Um, but just because if you're spiritually underdeveloped does not, and you have kids, does not, you know, absolve, absolve you from that responsibility. Right. So w- our aim is to have all grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like 
decentralization in these matters is best practice because not all, like I said, not all families are at the same place. Right. Um, you know, you move, what is some of the benefits of having it as an MC is that it's a, it's set in the context of gospel community. Yes. So there's, um, everybody's kind of like a family, like everybody's buying in and walking through and it allows for like your MC looks different than my MC. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we might have the same curriculum, but we're going to apply it differently. Mm -hmm. And that requires translation. That requires leadership. That requires what would work best for my kid, the kids in my MC, um, at their ages, like my kid, my MC, our kids are all under the age of five, except for one. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys have, a, you have similar things, but a bit older. So, you know, yep. it just looks different. And this decentralization allows for that kind of translation to take place. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is <laughs> important. That's a great point. Yeah. So, you know, some of those guiding principles for us, you, you mentioned, mentioned, we touched on this already, that the parents are primarily responsible for discipling their children. Mm-hmm. Um, Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, God commands parents, you, these command, these words I command you today shall be upon your heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's to parents. You And meditate on them, think about these things, and you shall talk about them and teach them to your children mm-hmm. as you walk along the way, That's right. when you rise up, life. when you sit down, in all of life. So you Not know, just Sunday morning, the hour before right. the service, and not just Wednesday nights right. on or whatever night you have MC, but all of life, because yeah, right. that's what we're called. N- nobody's better positioned to uh, create that scripture-saturated, gospel-centered right. environment for all of life, for a child, than, than the parents mm-hmm. right. who are overseeing mm-hmm. all of life for that child. So parents bear that primary, primary responsibility. Um, th- then we have this conviction that the Bible is the primary curriculum for discipling mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. It, it's the Word of God. Faith comes through hearing, yep. hearing through the Word of Christ. So, um, you know, there are, there's a lot of material out there. If you just Google Sunday school curriculum, whatever, you can find <laughs> crafts and projects and, and other things people have written. Coloring sheets. We, we really just mm-hmm. want kids to know the Bible. That's right from Genesis to Revelation, to know the story of God. And with that will come, I, I just love the verse in Second uh, Timothy, when, when Paul says to Timothy, uh, you yourself know how from infancy right. you were acquainted with the scriptures, which were able to make you wise for salvation. That's right. And uh, what were those scriptures? The Old Testament. That's right. What Timothy had access <laughs> mm-hmm. to. So that, that's incredible. That The scriptures that are able to make you wise for salvation, and you've been acquainted with them from your infancy. Yeah. So it, what a blessing for a kid to grow up in a home and uh, in a context where they are surrounded by God's mm-hmm. word, because it's God's word that will, at some point, open their eyes to see, right. to understand those seeds are, are sown there. And then the third conviction, so parents primarily responsible, Bible's the primary curriculum, and the church is the covenant community where children are discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just parents go off and do this on your own, but no, we, as believers, we are saved into community. We share our lives together and we want our kids to be participating in that very same community, That's not right. kind of saying to the kids, Hey, you go off over here mm-hmm. and yeah. figure it out, but Until no, you're we ready. want you to participate <laughs> right. in this community of faith with us, actively participating, uh, observing faith in action in our lives and in the lives of other faithful believers who are growing and applying the gospel together. So, so that's where doing it together, you know, it's one thing having family devotions, family worship at home, that's important, but mm-hmm. to have a context where we are together, kids are with other kids and kids yeah. are with other believers, adults, and uh, all of that together, we just trust based on what God says in, in Scripture, that that's what he'll use to produce faith mm-hmm. in our kids. Right. And you mentioned there, Ryan, Second Timothy, which is that Second Timothy three fifteen, right before 16, mm-hmm. um, 
where it talks about the God breathed nature of the word, mm-hmm. but he just says, you know, you, you from childhood knew were, uh, knew the scriptures, which made you wise unto salvation. Well, earlier in that letter, uh, Paul to Timothy says in First Timothy five, I am or First Timothy one five. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, mm-hmm. a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. Yeah. And then he commands you for this reason. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. So he 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 highlights the generational nature of faith because mm-hmm. you know. Timothy apparently was like a church kid. He he grew up in the church because of his grandmother and his mother, because they were faithful, because they knew the scriptures and applied them in his lives. Like the Deuteronomy 6 passage, they talked with him on the road all the time. He he knew it. I'm sure Timothy, like a lot of us who grew up in Christian homes, probably doesn't know when he got, quote unquote, yeah. saved. Yeah. Um, but Paul says you have a sincere faith, mm-hmm. and you knew the scriptures onto your own salvation. Mm-hmm. So there's just, we can't neglect that reality, right. that that call, and so, man, it that those so those are the bigger convictions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you will, that that lie behind why this format. Yes, yeah, and, and maybe I can fill out a little bit more. Like, so what does it look like? Um, mm-hmm. So that's the why. <laughs> What's the what or the how? Um, so, kind of the way that we've sought to format this is um, we're going to use that same Marty Machowski's material. Uh, the gospel using the gospel story Bible, which, or you could just use the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, they go together. But he has a curriculum for the Old Testament and the New Testament for lower curriculum and our lower elementary and upper elementary. And this is what I really love. It's a three year yeah. walk through the Bible. Now, what, Matt, why do you love that? Because it just goes through the story. It really mm-hmm. does. It doesn't cancel out all the weird stuff or like the stuff that we don't understand. It doesn't like, like how we do. And you know, we're walking through Exodus right now and we're committed to walk through the book, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, there's a bunch of confusing stuff. And yep. man, do we really have to read about all the things about the tabernacle? And well, this is God's word and mm-hmm. this is what he's revealed himself to us. And if that's true for us as adults and as parents, why wouldn't that be true for our kids? Yeah. It shapes a child's view of scripture mm. because if you just skip over all the stuff that you determine is not important and you just do, you know, creation, Noah's Ark, David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale. Okay. That's it for the old Mm -hmm. Testament. Um, you indirectly, uh, communicate some, some wrong assumptions about God's word. Those things aren't important. It's Mm -hmm. not important. You can't, you can't make sense of it. It's not understandable. Doesn't apply to my life. Doesn't apply all of those things. And, and by wrestling with it and helping kids see how it, points to Christ mm-hmm. or how God reveals himself there shapes that whole view that th- this is all God's word. Every mm-hmm. last word here is inspired. It's authoritative. It's transformational. So and, yeah. And that re- like, that's part of the reason why I love this curriculum because in each, each of the, you know, so on Sunday afternoons, just to give you kind of behind the scenes, I put together the curriculum for that week. So uh, what would this be now? Two weeks ago uh, on October 16, we started and we just, so we're going to start here. And the other cool thing is that the entire MC, the entire church really is walking through this together. Um, we're all kind of on same page mm-hmm. all the way through. Um, at least that's the hope. And so we started with Genesis 1. And the curriculum is really simple. And it, it's got lesson snapshots. So I send out every Sunday afternoon to the mission, leader, or mission community leaders the curriculum for that week. Mm-hmm. And now they're responsible to make it happen, inflesh it, bring it about, you know, translate it into your context and bring it about. But the curriculum has a ton of stuff. I mean, it really could be, 
it's meant in a lot of ways for like a Sunday morning. Yeah. An hour. Take an hour. Could. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing that. (laughs) You know, we're not doing that at our MC. But there is enough there to fill out an hour and simple enough to do five minutes. So it's scalable. Yeah. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you could just do the Bible story and a teaching point or two. Or in some MCs, if there are parents who want to kind of take the bull by the horns and, (laughs) and take on some of those object lessons or other crafts or projects or activities, you have a lot of content there that you could use. But each each curriculum heading has the, the, so the lesson number, the title, like for instance, lesson one, God creates the world, Genesis one. And then at the bottom of that page, this has a very simple Bible truth. <laughs> Bible truth. God is the powerful, majestic maker of all things. Mm-hmm. If we can get that to our two-year-olds and our three-year-olds and our five-year-olds in their own way, that's a good start. Yes. Then we got something to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense... You know, the old form for this that I grew up with was catechism. We're, we're trying to catechize or teach our That's children right. the basic truths of the Bible. But I also love, like you said, there's plenty of, you know, you can read from the Gospel Story Bible, which this coincides with, which is Marty Machowski's. Yeah, paraphrase. Exactly, with pictures. Or you can read from the text itself, which yep. is totally appropriate. But it also, so you can do that. There's a bunch of object lessons. But then there's these, like, teaching points um, that you can just hit. For instance, God existed before all things. God spoke creation into existence. God made man in his image. Everything God made was good. Mm-hmm. Depending on, like for my three-year-old, that first one was probably enough. But depending on your ages of your the kids in your MC, mm-hmm. you can either Say touch on those, yep. d- dive into those. And then there's also a section which I love, which is the where where is Jesus? Where does this story point to the cross? Mm-hmm. How does this foreshadow the cross? So right there, there's a assumption underneath this curriculum that the Old Testament's for us, right. which is the view Paul had when he was talking to Timothy. Mm-hmm. On to, where, uh, your scriptures were wise unto, made you wise unto salvation. Yeah. That's the Old Testament. Yeah. And so all and that Jesus is Jesus on the Christ. road to Emmaus, when he yes. opens up to those disheartened disciples, beginning with Moses, that's mm-hmm. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all the prophets. So he Jesus uses <laughs> the Old Testament scriptures and explains to them the things written in them concerning himself. That's right. So, so Jesus teaches the Old Testament this way, that right. it all points to him. And so when that undergirds our conviction about the Old Testament, then, then we are looking in the pages of scripture. And again, you're building into kids this expectation the whole Bible's about Jesus. That's right. mm-hmm. it, it's all, sometimes it's much more subtle, mm-hmm. um, you know, hints Type and, and types and yep. shadows and whatever. But Jesus is the main character, mm-hmm. which helps us avoid teaching Scripture in kind of just a moralistic way, like, right. hey, be more like David and confront big giants in your life. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. No, David's actually pointing us ahead to to Jesus, who mm-hmm. redeems his people That's from right. the giant of sin and death. That's so, right. um, yeah. yeah, love that the Christ centered. Uh, aspect of of this curriculum, particularly right. in the Old Testament, where it's it's harder for people to see that or get that. That's sometimes. right. So you can dive into any of those, and then like the lower elementary has a coloring page at the end. Um, Love the coloring which page. Was a hit last week when we did it. it you know, the kids just like yes. they went in after we had read through the story and did a whole bunch of. And God said it was good after we did that for a bunch. Then I just brought out the coloring pages, and they just that's yeah. all they did, and, and they loved it at RMC. At, Afterwards, Barbara made the comment that you you could audibly hear the coloring. It was so voracious and uh, vigorous that yeah. y- you could hear the crayons back and forth on the, the yeah. coloring page. <laughs> so, and then we were done. Uh, well, actually, we, another element which is not a part of the curriculum, but at RMC, what we've started to incorporate is just having a kids' song that we sing, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get the kids involved and keep them. Sing, but part- not just any song. Um, 
but we've been using the Corner Rooms um, Remember and Proclaim album where it's just a bunch of kids' songs that are all scripture. Yeah. So we decided this month we're going to do Psalm, the Psalm 106, which is praise the Lord. You know, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, steadfast love endures forever. And, and Caleb, maybe you have, like, you made that connection. Make, make a plug for the corner room. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it's scripture. And we want to allow the word of Christ to dwell richly in all of us, in our children as well. So um, you don't necessarily even need to know the, the words because, well, the words are truth and you're memorizing scripture, especially that Remember and Proclaim yeah. album is just reciting the truths. So, yeah, Adam Wright's a good friend and uh, he's serving us well from afar. Totally. And the way that like we've instituted that or kind of interpreted that or brought that into our MC is, so I send that out to, the, to the, um, our families before and just said, hey, Here's the song, sent out like a Spotify playlist or whatever. Here's the song, play this while you're making breakfast, play this in the van when you're dropping kids off at school, you know, build this in with an expectation. And then when they come at MC and they were just, yeah, they were all about it. <laughs> That's great. And so it's, it's just a, an attempt to build in rhythms in our kids that they anticipate, um, expect to participate and also enjoy the word. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's ultimately what we're after is that not, not that the kids would, not that our kids would know the word, but would love the word. Yeah. And that, that's ultimately what we want with our lives and our yeah. souls. Yeah. That's excellent. Might be worth just mentioning one other resource for parents, um, along with Marty Machowski's curriculum, mm, yes. um, the gospel story. Yeah. He has written a couple of books for family devotions, uh, long story short, an old story new. And you can find those on Amazon or anywhere online. So yeah, long story short is Old Testament stuff. Uh, Old story new is is New Testament. And those correspond to and follow the same order as the the curriculum that we're using. So the curriculum has, you know, uh, once a week, you're going through a, a new story for three years, Old Testament, New Testament, those books then break that story down mm-hmm. each week into like five daily readings and that take like, five, 10 minutes, right. if, if that. Um, and, and again, they, they're kind of scalable or adaptable depending on the age of your kids. Um, and so they've got some something to read, something to talk about, some discussion points you could do around the table, you could do in the morning, depending on you know what works for, for families. But that's a great resource if parents want to go deeper than that and just kind of dwell on kind of like, Mm. you know, we do, we're we're not trying to move quickly from one passage of scripture to the next as fast as we can. We we, want to meditate on and think about and be, be changed by God's word. And so Mm -hmm. slowing down with kids and coming back to, all right, creation, here's, here's another thing to think about. And Mm -hmm. here's something to go a little bit deeper and here's something to thank God for and praise him for related to this thing that we're learning about God. It's a great resource. Discipleship is a lifelong process. It really is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've experienced the grace of God, like in, like Paul says in Titus, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. And, and that's it, that's kind of what we're after in our own souls. And then as we have children, God now doesn't say, all right, you're in charge of discipling them when they become Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, no, from the beginning, we are the primary means to develop them, to to train them in, in that, in righteousness. So Amen. we... Mm-hmm love our kids um, and we love Christ. And so we want to see Christ dwell in them richly mm-hmm. as much as in our own souls. Um, so that's a little bit about the why and how. And if you have questions, um, please feel free to Matt's contact, the guy. Yeah, contact me, uh, matt at EmmausRoadSF.com. 
Um, and I'd be happy to interact and happy to, to dis- discuss. And um, our aim is to support parents um, mm-hmm. as, as they endeavor to raise their children up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a joy to partner with them. And uh, so, yeah, thanks, guys. Anything else? I think that's good. All right. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.